or two weeks ago, I guess. That was better. Last episode. Last episode was what? And this was what? So, difference. You're getting better. Emma? No. All right, cool. So, at the end of last episode, I hit you with a question, uh, said I was going to hit you with a question, and I will. Yeah, you never hit me with it. But before we do that, I would like to once again thank Love City Brewing Company for being a Kickstarter supporter. And they were on a higher tier than a couple of the other uh, supporters. So we were just going to give them a little bit more love over the next couple episodes. So Love City Brewing Company believes that beer is for everybody. And they've shown that a couple of times because I think they did a Black is Beautiful series. And they uh, obviously they offer quality beer in a welcoming and accessible tap room in the heart of Philly. Um, it's accessible. That's for damn sure. I, I know the area very well. Um, when I was there, it was cold. <laughs> so I'm excited that now Philly restaurants are like able to house more people. And so actually being able to sit inside rather than next to a heat lamp that may or may not work because of propane shortages. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, ask Dandelion. You can get the, um, you can check them out at lovecitybrewing.com. You can hit them up on uh, via email, info at lovecitybrewing.com. Or you can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at lovecitybrewing. Or hit them up at 215-398-1900. And again, check them out in Philadelphia. But uh, getting into the episode, do we want to put first beer it? Or do you want me to hit you with this question? Hmm. Hit me with the question. But first, beer. Wow! That was good. I'm going to let you go first then. (laughs) And the reason why is because I want to get the negativity out of the way. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. This beer beer is uh, top garbage. Top garbage. Shiner Holiday Cheer. Oh, and here we thought Shiner did something good. I thought. Maybe. <sighs> okay, yeah. So, Shiner Holiday Cheer. Uh, <clears throat> happy holidays from the little brewery in Shiner, Texas. We hope you enjoy your Shiner cheer. An old world Dunkelweizen brewed with Texas peaches and roasted pecans. Pecans? Pecans. The multi flavors of this dark wheat flavored ale are enhanced through the use of malted barley and wheat. And Krausening ensures a smoothness that makes the subtle peach and pecan flavors all the more satisfying. May your days be merry and bright and your shiner be cold. Okay, so in defense of this beer, it could just be kind of old by the time that you get into it. I mean, but it's beer. Like I understand some beers have longer shelf lives and they don't age as well, but come on. I'm I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the date on this guy. If there if there is one. Usually they have like the bottle date on here, but I'm not seeing one for this particular. So it was brewed last year. Oh yeah, so long ago. No, like two years. Damn you! <laughs> Anyways, the, uh, I guess I'm drinking beer too. I was gonna say the question I had, but uh, 
Ah, ah, oh. ah. So Kaylee's over. And I thought I'd be a good boyfriend and let her try some of the beer that I'm drinking. Uh-huh. So I poured the beer out. And what was still left in the can. Did you get all the particulate? I gave to her. Ah, gave her all the sediment. I don't have the information. Kaylee! <laughs> Welcome to the Alternative Struggles podcast, where we struggle through oh a simple recording of telling us, I'm telling each other which beer we had. Oh. Uh, sit, ah, he's back. I'm done. So, I should have remembered this because I was really excited about it. Apparently not excited enough. The brewery, at least. We've had it before. It's an amazing name. They had a Black is Beautiful. Licking Hole Creek. Nah, out of Goochland, Virginia. <laughs> and this is your nuclear nugget. Nuclear nugget. Which is an imperial honey IPA. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's a hot bomb. It's not delicate or subtle. What it is, is a hot head's dream fulfilled. Nuclear Nugget explodes with flavor notes of citrus, flowers, centennial, and strong herbal and spice notes, nugget. Local clover honey attempts to contain the nugget fallout. Only to be radiated with dry hop nugget additions. Not intended for the faint of heart or the uninitiated. Proceed with caution. The hour draws nigh. Do you like it? Actually, that's not bad. <laughs> I give but, it 3.5. Was that an 8.5? 3. 3.5. Hmm. What do I give this holiday cheer ale dark thing? I am back now that I've had this uh, beer running experience. Am I a beer runner now? Is that what that's called? Uh, sure. So you said 3.5 for you. 3.25. <laughs> I'm going to ask at the end of the episode, it's going to be a one. I, this is like a, it's like a two. God. 2.5 maybe? Like, Do you mean one? It just... Uh, what is it? What is it about this that just doesn't add up? It's the spices. I feel like they just threw a shit ton of like nutmeg in here and it just doesn't flow with anything. It's just like so... Like the beer itself is sweet, and then you just get dry spice. Like it's like sweet, 
than spice. The cinnamon challenge. Yeah, but yeah, but even worse. The cinnamon challenge was more fun. <laughs> yeah, the cinnamon challenge—it was just a spoonful. It wasn't a—it wasn't twelve ounces. All right. So what we got for you today is a quick episode because. I don't want to drink this beer all up. No, I'm kidding. Right, no, we're trying to get our shit together. No, so it, it's a new year. We're, we're trying new things. We, I'm in Philly. You're in Columbia, PA. Um, <laughs> the amount of times I have to tell people, like, yeah, Chris lives in Columbia. Like, whoa. I'm just like, no, no, hold up. That's like right outside Lancaster. Or as some like to pronounce it, Lancaster. Oof. What are you, correct? <laughs> I usually correct them by just being like, <laughs> it's Lancaster. Anywho, what are we talking about? Oh, wait, I didn't post the question. Your it's question. Question time. So if you listen to the last episode, I had a question ready and I decided that we'll tie over something from last episode. And so the question is, should freedom cost or should freedom be free? Mm. And so, to really expand, expound, expound upon this, oh. mm. it, it, it really, I was having a conversation with Marquise. I live downstairs from him now, so conversations are more frequent than they used to be, which is nice because he, he works in the education space, he's an activist, you know, so it, it's really interesting to see his point of view on things and the different conversations that he hosts because he's a podcaster like he he does things we do things always good to have new things all the things um and so the question was about like diversity and inclusion like that's often like training that happens within businesses organizations you see untapped really trying to jump into this especially with hiring a black woman doctor to be leading the forefront of their, uh, it was on tap, it was Beer Association, right? Beer Advocate, uh, and seeing them lead, lead the way with this. So it, that was the question, is, you know, diversity and inclusion, which is stuff that people would often get paid for because you should get paid for your work, you know? At least under this capitalist ideology of things, you put in the labor, you put in the time, you should get the work, especially with like emotionally draining stuff. But the question remains, should freedom be free? Should this be something that has barriers and access to information? Because it is the valuable information that people should get their worth for. Or should it be just accessible to everybody because it's vital for moving forward? Hmm. Answer to your question. <clears throat> it should be free in a perfect world. Because truth be told, if we were in a world that we were striving for with that type of information, those people wouldn't be doing what they're doing. They're doing it because they need to. And they're special people. They're very special people to really take the challenge and do that. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Would we be talking about inclusion in craft beer if we didn't need to? No. It, the issue wouldn't exist, so we wouldn't be talking about it. We'd be talking about something else. So, one of those random ass, fucking boring podcasts that just talk about beer rather than, oh, let's talk about beer, but like, holy shit, 
there's a lot of issues that exist in beer. Right. So that's that's where I'm at with it. It's it shouldn't be free. It shouldn't. Or no. It shouldn't cost. It should be free. The issue is we live in the world we live in and in a capitalist society you need to make your ends meet somehow. So you need to sell your skills. Now, on a morality standpoint, you sell your skills so that people are paying who can afford to pay if they can't, but they would benefit from this knowledge, such as people in the inner city and low income situations who are being oppressed by these things that they don't know they're being oppressed by. That's free. That should be free information. Again, we aren't using the soundboard or the uh, equipment that we should be using yet, but I definitely have the Monty Python, help, help, I'm being repressed, like like playing in my head. So that's what you're seeing with my finger. If you see me fingering shit, that's that's what's going on. No, it just looks like you're you're pointing at your name. (laughs) I'm Tyler. (laughs) I am Tyler Washington. The fourth. Look, we need to have a conversation around the names. Like, you don't have your name, like, right there, but I have mine here. And I think the difference is your name comes from your mom's side of the family. My name comes from the black side of my family. That's going to be... Yeah. Neither of them are African names. So there's there's a whole episode behind that. Anyways, I digress. Um, your, Your answer. Freedom. Yes. So in conclusion to my answer, once again, these people should be being paid for their services right now by the people that they normally are being paid for, paid by, because it is a necessity right now. It's a skill. And the people that they're normally being paid, paid by are people who are benefiting off of the system as it's constructed right now. The information needs to go to the people who are being oppressed by the system as it's constructed right now. And generally, the people who are are being oppressed by the system aren't the people who are paying these advocates and these people for their services. So I agree with the way that's going as far as these people are being paid to provide a service in this social structure, economic structure, the way it's set up. I don't think that's wrong because that's how it has to be right now for them to make a living and for them to affect change and get funding to do things to affect change. They need to be in their position and they need to be able to have a living off of that position the issue morality wise would be if they started profiting off of the people themselves who they are trying to pull out of oppression. So should freedom be free? Yes. Is it going to be free? No. Right. Because I guess for me, where 
when you talk about those capitalists, okay, sure, yes. However, if you decide not to monetize and capitalize off of the service that could be offered, there are other people who are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And under the world that we exist in, they will do that. Not only are they willing, they will, which is the same meaning. And so I think that, that is a very fair argument because, okay, so what happens if all the black people decide that they aren't going to do that, but there are still white people who are, who are willing to talk about diversity. So, right, because, because when it comes to discussions on diversity and inclusion, I mean, who are we, who, who is that actually being pushed towards? What is that facing? Who is that facing? Because are we going to speak to the choir or are we trying to change something? So I was in the clubhouse. I was in the clubhouse because I'm in clubhouse, motherfuckers. Uh, You're in the chatty house. And I was in the room and we were talking about Oreos. And um, the conversation was held upon, you know, like the spaces that you occupy and stuff like that, but diversity, inclusion, and different things like that. And so when we talk about diversity, inclusion in the training, there was talking about, okay, yeah, this is this, okay, it might be good for white people in some capacities, but what about the black person that's forced to sit through the diversity and inclusion training and has to watch their white coworker cry? Mm-hmm. That's not fair to the black employee. So I think there's so many like levels beyond just like, oh, we have diversity and inclusion training one time. One time a year. Well, that's even better for most places. Once, just once. Like, what is your, like, you don't go to the dentist once. That's how I heard it, like, that's how I heard it described. It's like, this is like a moral hygiene thing that you need to be performing. You need to have this audit of yourself. How often are you really having this audit performed? I mean, that's fair, but the execution of something like that is it really hitting those nerves? And then once again, it's kind of like, okay, <clears throat> we're talking about diversity and inclusion in, a, in an office space. Why am I, who is the diversity and in, the, the, in the office space, why am I sitting through this next to the person who isn't the diversity? I, I recognize it. I'm there. Now I get it. Some people, some, some black people do not get it. When I brought up the moral hygiene, I'm not talking about the moral hygiene of the black person. I'm talking about the white people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there are some there are some black people who do not get it. I get it. Candace Owens, Terry Crews, like there's people that need to be there. So you have it, but I mean, if unless I've expressed something against that, do I really need to be there? Because Hold up, hold up. You brought up a really interesting point, though. Who who gets to hold you to that? Who gets to say, ah, you fucked up, diversity and inclusion? Does your white boss get to say that? That's tough. I mean, if, I mean, hey, listen, if my white boss was woke enough, I guess. Certified. <laughs> is, there a certifi- is there a woke certification? I'm Again, to anybody that's... I don't like the word. I don't like the term woke anyway. Because it's just being blanket statemented to many things. Whole episode. 
Uh, but I, I think that's the, the conversation that needs to be had. Is this even something that can be certified? Like, are you certified, like, fucking... With, no, like, no. And certified, welcome to the barbecue. Well, no. You can't... You, I don't, you can do things, but once again, you will always have a particular perspective based on your full life experiences. And what you think is correct might that might seem correct there might be something behind that it's like oh like i see how now i'm i might be undermining the group that i'm trying to help because i'm not part of that group i don't have that inside feeling on it and it's something that needs to be told to me and that kind of gets into our topic today which is like prejudice judgment like when you go into a situation is it is it right or is it po- is it even possible to go into a situation and not pass judgment on someone prejudgment on someone preju- prejudgmented someone judgment pre meeting people all right so talking about prejudgment it i think for me what happens is how do you hold people accountable without passing that judgment in the first place right that's the million dollar question right because when we're holding someone accountable for something that's say insensitive, we're already judging them on what they said. Or and, are we? Wait, I, is it, this is where it becomes so complicated. So we're judging them on what they said and we're judging them on what they said because of preconceived or lived experiences that we had without completely identifying or at least trying to understand the, or maybe we assume we understand the, the particulars or the circumstances that they are living through. So I, I think there's a lot of um, assumptions that are being made and, and, and being had. And you know what they say about assumptions, they make an ass out of you and me. They sure do, my friend. They sure do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is interesting because I think a simple a simple answer that doesn't really catch into nuance just yet would be my like my my knee jerk would be okay. Someone said something really insensitive. And we, you have to hold their feet to the fire, but is it how, it's how you do it. <laughs> it burn, baby, burn. Dun, 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 dun. Baby bottle pops. Baby. baby bottle pops. You can shake them, lick them, and stir them. Oh, oh my God. We just talked about advertising in the last episode. Holy God damn it. There was the sex. Lick it. Lick it. That whole... That, <laughs> Bop it. Like, if you want to twist it, if you flick it, there was a flick it. My bop it had lick it on it. My bop it had flick it. <laughs> oh, your bop it was French. This <laughs> is a your bop it sounds French. You sound French, sir. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> so sad. I had a good point. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? Oh, <clears throat> so 
you have someone who says something insensitive or does something insensitive, you hold their feet to the fire now. It's how you do it, I think, that kind of determines if you're passing judgment on that person to the point where it's going to be almost morally wrong on your end in the sense that if you can understand why they're a racist piece of shit for example you'd be able to understand that oh yeah think about this tyler you grew up in a place where your parents were racist pieces of shit are you calling jim bob a racist no 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 i am not at all please i don't want to get smacked and it will haunt you in the form of bourbon ha i don't have any bourbon in the house yeah at the moment eagle rare is just gonna show up (laughs) next to next to the uh, new amsterdam gin which is there's a shit ton of that left i know right um so it's one, like if your parents if your parents were racist pieces of shit and you grew up idolizing your parents and you never had anything to really put in perspective early enough that hey maybe they're not right maybe their views are morally wrong and for a lot of people you know, that grow up idolizing their parents, if they were really good to you and you might not see the dark side of them, you know, and it takes an outside force at that point to point out, hey, you know, these ideas that you grew up with, you know, they're they're not, they're not cool. And so as a as a person at that point is where you prove what type of person you are, because are you going to say, Oh, you know what? Wow. Like I was wrong. I'm changing. I'm changing the way I think now because I grew up wrong at that point is where you decide, is this a good person or a bad person? I I think what it comes down to is it, are you, excuse me, because I've been watching a lot of boondocks lately. Are you Catcher Freeman or or are you Catcha Freeman? Mm. What do you do in those situations where morality, not mortality, but morality is called into question? regardless of what's presented to you in in society and saying this is right this is wrong but when you truly hold a audit of your principles are essentially and i hate how religion is often used as a uh element of holding you to a higher standard than your oppressors but in this in this case i i will it's like when your moral compass is called into question are you able to say regardless of what was presented to me as the status quo were you able to think for yourself and to truly think about what was being asked of you and were you able to guide yourself 
beyond where the magnetic like field was, if that makes sense. Well, you got into magnetic fields there for a second. You kind of, you can no, no, I get, I, I get exactly, I get exactly what you mean. Once again, I think it comes down to <clears throat> prejudice exists in all forms and all intensities, I guess you would say. It's how you deal with those initial thoughts is how you get through. Like, there's no, there's no way you can tell me that, that from all of the conditioning growing up that you didn't have to like exercise some thoughts about sexuality or genders or things of that nature that you didn't have to directly cope with or deal with as a kid coming up and all of popular cultures telling you it's this way, but you understand, Hey, from a moral aspect, the, all these things that I've been told that were right may not necessarily be right. So even though I'm th I, like, that's the first thing my mind goes to, I go, wait, is that actually correct? Or is that what I've been told my whole life is correct? I need to course correct. Right. And so for me going forward, it, are, are we just like product? I guess that's the best way to put it. Are we the product of our environment? Are we doing the best that we can? Because that's what we were told or like, where do we get to hold that, the uh, feet to the fire where do we get to say like okay yeah this is how I was brought up but like aren't there things that I can question myself on like I know I'm not perfect and that means that the people that raised me aren't perfect and so although they had principles and beliefs that they wanted to hold me to like where do I start to question those principles like I, I this is why I want the mix and match like um, episodes for us so much is where we get to have more of a philosophical, non-fact-based conversation because um, these are these are real these are real conversations that need to be had. And not yeah, I agree. And not what? Instagram reel. Well, thanks to everyone for joining us today it's been a great episode uh tyler needs to go lay down he's now hiding like an ostrich no <clears throat> i i agree with you i think wow he's really gone this is the Nicki minaj uh video with chris brown only with drake never never saw it gonna be honest yeah all right cool what's up <laughs> No, these are like these are real conversations to have because when you talk about things like we've discussed cancel culture in the past and when you talk about something like that someone might say something and the hive is out to get them right away we we really should be discussing okay how do we hold someone's feet to the fire while constructively trying to you know tell them why they're wrong and if they don't agree with that then you completely trash them but we need that little that we need that pocket of people that have influence in this society to understand what's wrong 
and try to course correct because they have the power in the social construct to do so, right? Martin Luther King said the white moderate is the greatest, you know, threat to justice, right? Because they have the power to change it and choose to do nothing about it. And part part of that is they aren't being they aren't being pressed on doing it. You know, they aren't being pressed on making those changes or being down for the cause. Uh, because they don't they don't have to worry about those things. And they'll come the you know, and when you don't have to worry about something, you're going to say or do things that could be insensitive towards people who don't have those same freedoms as you do. And so how do we, I guess my question then in this whole thing is, it's kind of the same question that you posed at the beginning. How do we hold their feet to the fire in a more constructive way? Reframing that question. Because if you pass judgment on someone, does this mean that you've completely condemned them in your mind? Or does it mean you have a, you have an assumption of who they are based on what you've experienced from them and you need to let them know this, hey, this is what I think you are. Right. Prove, prove to me that you aren't. Great questions. Um, I think for me, the last couple of things I want to talk about is, you know, we've allowed this, uh, grace for people to exist. Um, you know, as we look upon these things, even at what, what is this tolerance for the intolerance that we've had? Um, and what, how do we approach morality? Um, how do we reflect on these last four years? And this isn't uh, this isn't supposed to be a, an easy answer, but I do want an initial response. I, I don't think we need to deep dive into this, but I just wanted like how how do you reflect on these last four years, and where does that leave you for the next four years? For me. I think these past four years have been a validation of the fears and all of the things that we've been screaming about, you know, in, in this country being wrong from a race, a race relations standpoint, from a morality standpoint, you know, people said that, Oh, you know, we need to give this guy a chance because he's not a politician. And I'm like, I don't give two shits what his politics are because he doesn't give two shits what his politics are. Everything he's saying is so morally wrong and blatant that if you allow that type of anger and hate to be okay, to become the status quo, you're opening the door for a lot of evil. And four years later, we see KKK openly endorsing things like there's literal there's literal empowerment being given to these to these groups you can't just write them off anymore because they've been given a voice by the most powerful person in the world as many people call the president 
Jeff Bezos. Ah, <laughs> Musk. Okay. Okay. Elon I, Husk. This show as quick as possible. It's it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a time and a half. Um, let me see. I, I might have another. Oh, okay. So I, I kind of asked this before. Um, it's how do you become or it's a phrase. Anna Dora has been doing great with her notes. Um, and she posed this in a, in a very interesting way. And it was this phrase, intolerant of intolerance. How, how do you hold yourself to that? How do you hold society to that? How do you, I think that's at least how I perceive these notes was how do you move forward? And part of moving forward is being intolerant of the intolerance. You can no longer stand to the side. You, you start creating divide. You start creating division. You mm -hmm. start creating frictions within friends, family. Like, yeah. I yeah. Um, we're not as close as we once were. And I saw that today when I was driving through Philly and I saw a cop car and I said, you know who I haven't spoken to in a long fucking time? Tyler Shoebridge. You know why? Because he showed that he stood with Trump. He showed that he stood with the police force and was unwilling to waver from that. And as much as I'm unwilling to waver from my thoughts of there needing to be a change, a change, a change isn't a bad thing. Change not happening is dangerous, and that's what bothered me. But I'll allow you to have your own thoughts and opinions now. Yes. Uh, once again, you know, it's the, the, the topic of losing friends and family to issues that have gone on over the past four years and how it's kind of exemplified, hey, like... <laughs> maybe maybe these people really aren't good people you know maybe they just because this the past four years the one good thing that's happened is that this podcast it's been put out there oh yes this podcast um uh, it's that things have been put out there and you know where people stand on a particular issue now more than ever before and you know, you now know, because of how blatant 45 was, you now know what people don't care about either. Mm. So it's one of those things. If you supported Trump, then you don't care about gender equality. You don't care about race relations, immigration, all of these different things, because you were willing to look past all of those red flags to say, hey, this guy is cool because he wants to bring fucking coal mining back of all fucking dumb things. Like, well, we were you just have to... <laughs> there's, a, there's an extreme amount of cognitive dissonance that happens when we talk about him and some of his supporters. There's a lot of framing of ideas. And if, if they aren't willing to reconcile those other things you know and just blindly follow then they must not care about those things enough right. and in saying that if it's brought to their attention that hey you must not care about this this and this 
and you move from there, you know, I think there's a skewed universe that people live in when it comes to his presence. I mean, we saw that last, uh, when the, the beginning of the month, you know, we saw how skewed some people's realities were. They really think this is like civil war, war times and flags and all. Right. And this is where objective morality comes into a thing, into a discussion, because is there objective morality? Hmm. Because to them, they really believe this shit. They really believe that all the things that we're saying are bullshit and that it's all an oppressive government tactic of some sort. They really believe that whites are superior to all other races. You know, Hitler really believed what he was speaking. All of those horrific things about the Aryan race and all of all of those other things. Like the people really believe these things and that's what they believe to be moral at the same time. Yeah. So when we have when we have this discussion, you know, objective morality really isn't a thing. There isn't a true objective morality that you could go through history and say, yes, everywhere along the way, most people thought this was a good thing across the board, all the way through history. End of sentence. It changes throughout the centuries it changes throughout millennia what we thought today is nowhere near what they thought back in prehistoric times even um you know the dinosaurs now meteor was gonna come down and destroy shit like yeah they knew they knew they knew they knew no but what i'm saying is morality morphs and changes throughout generations so it's up to us to determine what is what is moral today right now versus what was moral 10 years ago how is how are we better off now and how do we need to continue forward how do you continue to judge one more morale i i think that's that's that is the uh the moral question at hand is how do you Continue to just somebody like again you said there's nothing across the board that was accepted in one time versus the other time but if you're living in, i hate to use this like analogy if you're living in a country full of nazis and at a point you're trying to preserve your own family do, do you have do you speak up against it Let's see, once again, here's a, that's a difficult question because doing something, it, it's an extremely difficult question. Um, one, not only because back in that time, there was already an inkling of what is morally correct that completely contradicted what the Nazi party was doing they just fed on the fears of the of the people to turn to turn an enemy against a group of people so like i said i think the context of where you're at is really important 
in the time. That's, that's what I'm asking. It, it's Jews were scapegoated. A lot of people were scapegoated in, in that time frame, right? And so as you as a morally conscious person, even in that, in the heart, let's, let's say the heart of Nazi Germany, and you realize that this is some fuck shit going on. Mm-hmm. But you realize you are a minority and the majority of the fuck shit that's going on, right? But then you realize that you have a strong historical base of family that's there and it's still there. And then you have an option of either challenging that morality or going with the status quo. And I think that that, that becomes a mm-hmm. Terms of as things are progressing, like we can look back and say Nazi Germany was fucked up, and if you, in any way, shape, or form, agree with it or allowed it to continue, then you are just as accountable. And same way as you go forward then into civil rights, and, and you say you know slavery, like not even slavery, that was so far ahead of it, ahead of it. But you you say the civil rights and like you know all these other things are happening and if you were opposed to any of these things moving forward and you were so far like you were so in the wrong and your morality is so wrong but at the same time having so much family that if you would have spoken up against it you could have endangered by doing so and i am not trying to defend nazis i'm not trying to defend racists i'm not trying to defend like i would never defend candace owens I get no you know what I completely understand what you're saying because morality is one thing the ideals are one thing to think something is one thing but then to go and defend that that takes another level of courage and it takes another level of like that type of person like these people throughout history that have led these different types of either rebellions or social movements. Like there's a reason we have just these names and not, Oh, it was this huge group of people, you know, here's this long list. It's like, there's, there's idolization of people, but to a degree, there's a reason for that because they were so, they were so, different they 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 were so different than their peers they stepped up in a way that a normal person wouldn't or couldn't and it takes that type of special person to do that right and so in this last these are the last things i want to say and i'm going to give another shout out to love city um i'm not trying to teach being tolerant a uh, tolerant person to have a tolerant face in the face of bullshit, you know, I'm trying to create a conversation around these questions. I am trying to, you know, think deeper about what is going on in front of us and how do we do this? And and, and is there this moral um, obligation that we have? And should I be as fearless as the ones that uh, created history before me? That's all I'm trying to say. I, and I'll allow you to have this. I would, yeah. Oh. Um, I would say it's definitely the aspiration. <laughs> without and the, and the thing is, without being 
in that time, I don't think we can really grasp just how how strong or how fearless these people were, these types of people were. And in that, I think there needs to become the understanding. Yes, there's, you know, the potential answer that Anador gave was the intolerance of intolerance. And I agree with that, you know, you have to call people on their shit to move forward. And I think there's nothing wrong answering the beginning, you know, our, our first question on, you know, is it possible to hold or how do you hold people accountable without passing judgment on them? You can't. No. I, that's, that's my thought. You can't because you have your idea of morality here. They have theirs there and you are seeing the differences and addressing the differences. It's how you address it that becomes the pertinent question, I believe. We shouldn't be sitting here talking about how do I like sort of dance around this with this person so I'm being completely objective. It's like, no, you're being a fuck. Let's deal with it, right? And it's more of how you deal with that person and how they respond to, you know, that's more important than saying, well, should I deal with this person at all? Right. You have to, you have to put your foot down at some point and say, this is what I believe because these people are doing it. It's just that they have the power to go unchecked for so long with it. But the, but the second that you, that someone else, you or I, put our foot down and say, this is what we believe and we believe you're wrong. Now, now we have to think about talking about tiptoeing around it or not passing judgment on people. It's like, no, it's, it's just like you said earlier, we're supposed to be held to a higher standard than the oppressor. Right. Like, uh, look all that noise. And the mortal words of Pamela Washington. Um, and as we wrap this up, speaking about tolerance and speaking about continuing conversation, uh, just would love to bring up Love City Brewing one more time because that that conversation of believing that beer is for everyone, I, I think, is important. And it's not just about you know saying anyone's welcome into this space, but also showing up and offering quality beer in a welcoming and accessible tap room in the heart of Philadelphia and saying you know. Uh, are you the first craft brewery in Italy being two brothers? Are you the first craft brewery in Harrisburg being Harris Family Brewing Company? And are you a podcast that wants to talk about this being us and, and wel welcoming that kind of space? Uh, talking about not only saying, you know, we never said this was an exclusionary thing, but recognizing there have been elements of this community that doesn't welcome everybody and how do we reimagine and rethink that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm proud to have money going from Love City into us. And um, can't be any more excited about what the future of the show holds. So absolutely. Thank, thank you so much. I, I can't wait for our next Instagram live. Last week was fun. Next week should be fun as well. So we'll just see what, what continues to happen. And uh, hopefully we understand our equipment some more. Yeah, hopefully we can get you. I'm like working off of a, a work headphone right now, so it it, it sort of works, but we'll see. we got you. But until next time. Peace.